How's it going, everybody? Uh, Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your daily news update. It is Wednesday, October the 28th, and we've got a pretty big day of news here. A couple of good stories. Let's jump into it. Uh, we're gonna start with Cyberpunk, because, you know, this game has been delayed a couple of times. It was originally gonna come out in April, then it was gonna come out in just a few weeks, and now the game has been delayed for a third time being pushed uh, three weeks to a release date of December 10th. They made the announcement via Twitter, saying that the game may have gone gold, which is a phrase that they use to indicate that content is complete, but there are still a number of improvements to be made to the game, and probably some certifications to pass as well. They also did highlight that developing nine different versions of the game, which is, you know, one per platform, that's also a challenge, and that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> My guess would be this is gonna be their final delay, I don't think they're going to want to push this out past December because of Christmas, but... Nonetheless, one thing that was somewhat omitted from this announcement was basically everything surrounding the crunch culture of the company, which has been a big talking point when it comes to this game. And not only did they not cover it, they actually didn't tell their employees about the delay until they tweeted it out. So, you know, the employees of CD Projekt Red found out at the same time as the rest of the world. So those developers are going to continue crunching, doing their 100-hour work weeks, but hopefully that nightmare will be over for them soon. Uh, many people are quite upset that they're not going to be able to get their hands on the game in November, but if anything, for those of you listening, this should be an indication to just hold off for a few weeks, even after the game comes out, because last-minute delays like this usually mean that they are going to continue working on improvements for a few weeks afterwards as well. I mean, they were probably going to do that already, but this just means that the game needs way more polish than they expected. Again, not uncommon in the gaming industry, but practicing caution in these scenarios is always a good thing to do. Okay, so we've got just a general update around Ubisoft here. A few different stories. So they have shared that a number of their games are going to benefit from next-gen improvements, which you might want to know about if you plan on picking up a new Xbox or PlayStation. So I'm going to rattle off a list of games here. So here it is. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Far Cry 6, Riders Republic, Rainbow Six Siege, and Watch Dogs Legion. Okay, so most of those are going to be 4K and 60 frames per second on next gen. You're going to be able to get a free upgrade on all of those games from current gen to next gen. Uh, Assassin's Creed and Immortals Phoenix Rising are going to have cross-progression from one platform to the next. And then Immortals and Watch Dogs Legion are going to benefit from haptic feedback on the new controllers. They dive a little deeper into all of those things, so if, if one of those games piques your interest, then make sure you check out the blog post in terms of what they're going to do with it for next generation. But there you have it. They've got a solid game plan. Besides that, they have also rebranded their subscription service, uh, Uplay Plus. It is now Ubisoft Plus. And if you don't know, this is like the equivalent of a of an Xbox Game Pass, right? Except for their catalog. And uh, Ubisoft Plus now is going to be provided on both Google Stadia and Amazon Luna by 2021. So you can get it through the streaming services as well. Anyway, the rebranding does make sense. It looks like they're getting rid of Uplay entirely because the PC platform Uplay got rebranded to Ubisoft Connect. So they're just keeping things consistent. And finally, they have also now announced a partnership with Netflix to produce a live-action Assassin's Creed series. So Netflix is on a roll with these video game series. Obviously, The Witcher did pretty well. Uh, and that's pretty much all we know about the series thus far. But if you want to see a seven-second teaser, that's on Twitter. And our final story for today. If you did happen to pick up Super Mario 3D All-Stars, then you may have also had an issue with the camera controls, 
which is to say there is no option for an inverted camera. Not only is this a weird thing to leave out in 2020, it was also in the original games, and even encouraged in Sunshine. They said, hey, you should try out the inverted controls. So a lot of people were really complaining about this, and now it's going to be rectified on November 17th. Inverted controls are on the way. So there you go, folks. That's today's news. Uh, there were a few other stories that I left out, but that's because they weren't all that significant. We had Microsoft reporting on their quarter one financials. FIFA 21 is coming out on next-gen consoles on December 4th, and that's about it. Uh, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in. means a lot to me. And I'd also like to give a big shout-out to KC Loop for just being a pretty cool guy. Folks, that's going to wrap us up. Back with the news tomorrow, and until then, happy gaming, everyone. Oh, hello there. TGO After Show. You know I love to cover financials. Maybe you hate that I cover financials, but I will not stop talking about them, because I try to make them as interesting as possible. But sometimes, I cannot talk about them all, because they're just not interesting. <laughs> and in this case, Microsoft's quarter one. I mean, you know, they're doing really well. They're up like 40% or something. 30%. They've got a, they've got a console on the way, it's a big deal. But Microsoft is notoriously... Uh, bad at reporting on their gaming section of their company because they have so much going on at that company that for most people, the gaming segment is a footnote. And you know what? Fair enough, you know? <laughs> when you get revenue of $30 billion and only half a billion of that comes from gaming, fair enough. Maybe it is worth the footnote. The situation with Cyberpunk stinks. It's, um, it's been a, a, an increasing dilemma for me. In one sense, you know, I'm not going to be buying these games anyway. I'm not buying Cyberpunk on, on opening day, really any AAA game. But if I did, I'm starting to wonder whether or not the crunch culture would stop me from purchasing it. I understand that it exists for virtually every studio that doesn't try to f intentionally fight crunch culture. So maybe that's a losing battle on my end, and maybe that lacks some nuance. But it's worth thinking about, right? I understand there's also a lot of controversies going on with that game so far in terms of transphobia and certain statements that have been made uh, through their social media channels, as well as some of the in-game content that has been shown. They are a studio based out of Poland, which also does not have a tremendous history when it comes to LGBTQ issues, which obviously doesn't inherently mean that everybody in Poland is bad. That's not my point. But it is more likely that a company which has a number of employees in it, is gonna do a worse job at handling those kinds of topics. But either way, that's I guess that's an internal question when it comes to all media, right? The common phrase is, uh, can you separate the art from the artist? Usually used for people like Lovecraft and other racist historical people, or even current people in many cases, people will make arguments for that. But this idea, like, can you enjoy a game? Can you cover a game in the way that I do in good faith while ignoring the major issues of its creation. I don't have the answer, uh, but it's worth thinking about anyway. I mean, you know, up to this point, I usually what I do is I say, here's the news item, right? Cyberpunk is delayed, and then here's the problem. There's crunch culture at, at CD Projekt. And I usually just bring it up when it's relevant to bring it up and just allow us to remember that it's there and not just let it fade into the background because it's important to know about. Anyway, anyway, besides the minutia of how I create this show, I've been playing Hitman 2 again. It's been a nice, relaxing game. I mean, in a way, I guess. What I really love about Hitman is 
I mean, I guess I, what I really love is just the game itself. Because the whole idea with the game is that they give you a large open map, and you can do whatever you want in it. And then they give you a bunch of different challenges to go and play that map over and over again. So what I've been doing is going through each map, trying to get all of the challenges. I've only managed to do it on, like, four maps so far. I'm going very slowly. It's been many, many months. But I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a great deal of fun. I've actually been doing, uh, like, video guides for the hardest challenges. Because for some of those Hitman challenges, they're like, do all of this stuff in only your suit, so you can't have any disguises, which means that you basically can't go anywhere, because you'll be trespassing. And also, you know, eliminate your targets without anybody seeing you, and without anybody finding the body, and without ever being caught on camera, and all of this stuff, and do it on the hardest difficulty. You know, that is something that I'm never going to be able to figure out on my own. So I go to the videos for that. Because if I'm going to try and get all the challenges, then dang it, I'm going to go for it. So anyway, I just finished up. If you're familiar with Hitman, uh, I'm playing Hitman 2, but I'm playing the first Hitman, uh, kind of, you know, grandfathered into Hitman 2. So I just finished up with Sapienza, and I'm excited to start the next map. Anyway, folks, that'll wrap us. Thank you so much for joining me, and until next time, farewell.